Welcome back to So-Called Normal. I'm Mark Hennick. Over the course of the last several weeks, five episodes, but really ten weeks that, that we've been doing this now, we've had five really interesting conversations with people who have struggled with long-term depression. We talked about their complex treatment pathways, their uh, uh, difficulty just through grit and grace most of the time of figuring out how to recover within a system and a world that sometimes doesn't support their recovery. You know, most people make it through. Some people don't. Uh, and I think that's the whole reason why we uh, are doing these conversations and having these kinds of these kinds of conversations with people because we need to better understand both the real struggles that people are living with uh, and the the uh, real challenges that they encounter when they want so desperately to get better to recover uh, and it's just so hard and it and it's often harder than it needs to be. So I, I want to bring uh, Dave Trafford back in. Dave has been working with me on producing and editing uh, all of these past episodes. You know, this is the the last of the five. Now we're going to go on uh, another break while we we recalibrate a bit. But Dave, I'm interested in hearing what your experience has been like uh, listening to these folks over the last several months. Well, it only reinforces the notion that you've just highlighted, and that is you need to have the conversation, and that it doesn't start or stop there. It is only part of this process. And, and I'm just going to put my hand up and, you know, suggest that we in the media, those of us who have kind of tried to cope with this storytelling for years, I mean, I've been doing this nearly 40 years and it's only recently, only in the last five or eight years where it has become part of the narrative in mainstream media to talk about mental health. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you push it the further down the road, the, the amount of uh, pressure that had to be brought to bear on an organization like the Toronto Transit Commission, for example, to tell us in the media how many people either attempted or committed suicide on their properties in a given year. And for the longest time, they wouldn't tell us. And I know that sounds like a strange thing to be pushing the TTC on, but if we're not, Mark, going to talk about it in the media, as great as the podcasts are, as great as all these blogs are, unless mainstream media is actually making this a focus of conversation. And I, I get pushback on this all the time. And maybe I'm on the wrong side of it. But people will say, I'll say to me, you know, you realize that, that the suicide in Canada, for example, is probably the number one cause of death if you take out cancer, if you take out medical reasons for people dying. And people don't know that. So, and among young people, it's the leading cause of non-accidental death. Uh, so they're dying more than, than cancer and some of these other issues that you hear about all the time. Exactly. And so, and we would talk about, and rightly so, we talk about, you know, pedestrian accidents and death toll out on our streets. We talk about gun violence in the city of Toronto and the number of people who've died as a result of gun violence. And I'm not arguing with that, but when we put that in context, we don't want to talk about this. And for some reason, I think it's, we look at it and say, because we can't find a solution. Well, not to get on a tangent, but we so far haven't found a solution to gun violence. We haven't found a solution to, you know, the pedestrian accidents and collisions on the street. Surely we can help by talking about this and maybe incite some level of solution. Well, there's also a fear too. I've heard this since high school when I first started talking openly about suicide and mental illness. There's a fear that if you talk about it, it gives people the idea to go out and do it. I remember my high school principal said exactly that to me when I went to him and said that I wanted to open up for the very first time uh, about my lived experience. 
Uh, now, there is such a thing as copycat suicide, and we do know that inappropriately reporting on suicide can lead uh, to what's called a contagion. It, it, can, uh, it can make matters worse. However, we also know that there's a, there's a helpful way uh, to talk about suicide too. And like we've had the conversations on this podcast over the last several episodes, uh, while it hasn't been about suicide, we know that when you present it in context, when you show that people don't just get to the end of the line for no reason, that there's often many struggles with the system, uh, with other people, with their own symptoms, there's a variety of factors that play in here. So you have to set it in context, but you also have to talk about it in terms of hope too. There are many, many people who have been suicidal, far more than who have actually died, even though far too many have died. There are many people who have either thought about it or attempted or repeatedly attempted, such as myself, uh, who have actually still made it through anyway and and indeed who are glad that they did. And I, I, th I think you make the point, and that is to say that because we listen to you and, you know, in terms of your own lived experience, that to me is the context in which we need to be speaking about it. Too quickly, we turn to the Kate Spades of it, and all of a sudden, it becomes a celebrity issue. And and not to diminish whatever was going on in that woman's life or her family at all. And that's my point: is that I think we too too often will take that circumstance and only talk about it because yeah. it's somebody we thought we knew. But you know, when it was Mark Hennick and fifteen years old, you know, who if if you weren't saved that night, who would have talked to you about you? Well, that's right. You know, I'd, I'd have been a, a memory, right. a, a fading memory. Uh, For a couple of people, you right. never would have shown up in the media. You never would have had the voice that you've got now. And so it just makes, I think, makes the point is that we need to, if we're going to talk about it, we need to talk about it from that level of lived experience. And as we go through the pandemic and the next waves or however long this is going to take, you know better than anybody that the anxiety around COVID-19 is leading to this mental health uh, challenges for so many more people. And, and I hazard to say, and I don't mean this in a political or at, at all way, a, a slight, but I think the election in the United States has all actually uh, amplified that level of anxiety. So we're combining these two things about uncertainty and what's going to happen. Um, all the more reason to make sure we're talking about it in the right context with the right point of view and and to be unvarnished about it sometimes well and and then layered on that of course too winter uh, uh and and the the isolation that comes with that the time change you know of a few weeks ago uh lends into it so it's like this perfect storm right now of all of these factors that are negatively impacting people and here's my biggest concern with respect to the pandemic in particular too we've seen this coming we knew that it was coming. I've been calling this an echo pandemic since March. Uh, we've had a lot of time to bolster services, uh, to, to help people to know that the rush is coming. So what are we actually doing to help them? We've heard some announcements of, uh, you know, some existing money or some money being moved around, but is, is the system actually changing in a meaningful way? Uh, I'm a bit pessimistic on that point because the reality is that when people are reaching out for help or we're encouraging people to reach out for help, which is great, but then they're discovering either that there's nobody there to reach back uh, or the person who does reach reach back isn't the person that they need. They're not offering the type of service that will actually help them the most. So I think that we still need a radical reinvention of the mental health care system if we're ever going to have a chance at helping people. Now, having said all that, I, I didn't mean to get us off on this negative tangent here because I think what has come out of this past five, 10 weeks has been for me to hear people who are, you talk about the lived experience. It's easy. I can turn the podcast off. I can turn the podcast off and go and do something else. And it, they are living with it. 
And what I heard from them every time we turned on a microphone or had a conversation was there wasn't a moment where it wasn't present for them. That struggle is always there. They're great at compartmentalizing it, which is, I think, one of the mechanisms yeah. that they needed. But at the same time, they weren't afraid of the stigma. You know, they had kind of pushed through that wall. So if there's anything that people might take away from the podcast conversations is that there is value in saying it out loud. And it doesn't, I, I agree with you, you're not always going to get the, the right ear. Um, but we, on the other hand, those of us who may not have struggles with mental health need to hear it too. We need to understand that people are facing this and the daily courage it takes to get them through it. Yeah. And you know, this is, this is what I respect so much about Aiden, Shelley, uh, Natasha, Thomas, and Jen, the five folks who, who talked with us over the last several months, uh, is that they were just doing it their own way anyway. And it, the, it wasn't easy. Uh, it was often very difficult and still is difficult uh, for many of them, but that doesn't mean uh, that, that we give up on them or that we don't have conversations about those important stories. Look, these folks weren't motivational speakers or you know, high-priced consultants or media figures. They're just everyday people who have gone through exactly what many, many, many others have too. So I think their voices uh, needed to be heard. They still need to be heard and, and many more like them too uh, until we're able to actually give people like them what they deserve, which is uh, a healthcare system that helps them, uh, a platform uh, for their voices, uh, and and to be able to inspire hope in others who are just beginning uh, in that long journey toward recovery, that, that complex journey that we've been exploring uh, for the last several episodes. Well, you know what, I, having said all of that, I would strongly suggest if this is the first episode you've listened to of so-called normal, there are more than 60 of them. And you, you no, seriously, I mean, you've done some extraordinary work with really cool people talking about it in, in that way. I think to get a real full view of what you're talking about, I would encourage somebody just to go back to episode one and just start listening because it will take you through this and you'll understand how normal these people are who are struggling with extraordinary difficulties and how they manage it. And, and you're going to find based on their experience that there may be something that you identify with there, if nothing else, and that's a helpful thought. I think so too. And, and, you know, this from day one, uh, was the objective that I got, I was getting so frustrated with these sanitized views of mental illness and these, uh, pictures that are the almost Instagram filter worthy pictures of mental health. And the reality is just so much messier. Uh, you know, we called the podcast so-called normal and, and my book that's coming up so-called normal because normal doesn't exist. I was striving to be normal for most of my life until suddenly I found out, oh, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Everybody is just inventing this as they go. And I think that that realization was so helpful for me because then I got to realize, oh, maybe I'm not so weird or if I am weird, that that's okay, that that can be normal too. So I, uh, having these conversations like we've had over, you know, the last couple of years now, I guess the, the show has been running uh, two years or whatever it's been, uh, to really set up the context uh, for people, that people aren't simple. They're not just black and white images of the, the quote unquote, the mentally ill in the singular or the mentally healthy, that were all such complex mixes uh, of, of every version of of mental well-being, and and I think we uh, need to share those stories with each other. So it's it's been a privilege, Dave, uh, for me to work with you as well as the guests on this because I think it's important to get these stories out there. And and as you know, I wouldn't have been able to do this without you. 
Well, there isn't a show where I don't learn something. So I keep coming back just because it's, you know, it suits me, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, likewise, uh, you can listen to all past, uh, I think it's 70 plus episodes now of so-called normal uh, on Apple podcasts, on Google, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, everywhere else that where podcasts are found. You can find me on social media at Mark Hennick. That's at M-A-R-K-H-E-N-I-C-K on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere else. Dave Trap, uh, Dave Trafford, rather, our, uh, our uh, industrious and, and uh, tireless producer, indefi- indefatigable. Is that a, a fair descriptor? Uh, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and decreasingly so as the years tick by. <laughs> anyway, Dave Trafford, who has brought all this together, and the teams uh, uh, everywhere who have, have made this happen. Thank you all so much. We'll probably be back in a little while, in a, in a couple of weeks or months. I don't know. We've got lots more stories to, to tell, and I look forward to telling them. So until then, this has been So-Called Normal, and I'm Mark Hennick. This episode of So-Called Normal is brought to you by an educational grant from Janssen, Inc. Mark Hennick and the producers of So-Called Normal are solely responsible for the content of the episode, and the views and opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Janssen, Inc. The podcast content is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, product, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or seen in this podcast episode.